And now, another cup of... The London Fog. All right, we're up, we're going. Okay, welcome to our podcast. To our first podcast. I'm super excited and also kind of nervous. I don't think you should say that it's our first podcast because that implies that like it's gonna fail and we're it's gonna not have to gonna have fail. Future podcast. We're gonna do so well. Our this. only podcast of all eternity, of all time. But yes, <laughs> this is our our first cup of the London fog. Yes, and actually, we have some tea right in front of me. It's called Perfect. Victorian London Fog by Harney and Sons. It's delicious. You should drink it. <laughs> Though both of us are drinking a Lacroix. Yeah. Croix. Yeah. I thought it was Croix. I'm just going to be really disappointed. It's really it... LaCroix. Just believe it. Just and even if it, it is LaCroix, all of America it. calls it LaCroix, so you just have to go with all it. All right. Well, I'm Kate. And I'm Leah. And... Can you tell our voices apart? Do I we know. sound the same? Right? <laughs> <laughs> I think that we're both really excited about this podcast. We took some time to decide what we wanted to talk about and I think... But not that much but time. But not that much time, because that would have been organized. Um, but I think it really happened just a couple weeks ago when the royal wedding came out that we both realized that we had this fixation. Well, but we didn't even decide about the podcast until, like, last week. So yeah, even yeah, it was we really like, recent. <laughs> we had a lot to talk about, because we were talking about the royal wedding. It was like, oh, wow, we've... Not stopped talking about it since about the royal wedding. I mean, who hasn't stopped talking about the royal wedding? I mean, I was at a coffee shop yesterday and people were still talking about the royal wedding. So Mm -hmm. I plan to talk about it until I die. Right? This is totally although now I feel bad for William and Kate. Like we should should still be talking about their wedding. But you know what? Her dress was better. So like we will keep talking about it. We can't even open that can of worms just yet. We're not talking about that right now because like. Royal fashion, that's just going to be one for the ages. Okay, okay. All right. So, we're figuring this all out. Yeah, but basically, we're just talking about British stuff. If it's kind of British, it will be mentioned. Right? If it's not British, like LaCroix, it will also be mentioned. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, from traditions, romances, crimes and murders. Yes. Fashion. Fashion. British music. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) It's through the ages. I mean, really. So Hairstyles. Okay, sorry. And really. I'm not going to list everything in the world. (laughs) Teeth and hygiene. Oh, Oh, let's not talk about that. (laughs) Skipped. Nobody should be offended, or everybody should be offended, really, is what we're going for. I to offend many people. Right? Yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm figuring it's going to happen. But for today, I mean, I think we should just kind of keep it simple. Yes, we're going to talk a little bit about love. Love. Ooh, baby. Okay. What is that? Okay. I don't know. Don't sing it. Don't sing it. Love. Romances. Yes. Well, actually. Great British romances. That's what I thought I was talking about. Oh. But mine took a sad turn. (laughs) We did some uh, independent research and study and definitely... I think Leah will outshine me in this regard. Or actually, I'm hoping that no, you have things to like, enlighten Mine's with, really mine. quite a downer. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Uh, just because, I mean, here's the thing. Romance in itself is, it's. I think the movies play it out to be like it's going to be all roses and daisies. But it's not. I mean, shit happens. Things get real. And I think like a good romance is the ones that has the ebbs and flows. Now, if yours just ends as a big downer, I think you failed at the assignment. No, I think I, like, overachieved at how great I was at showing real, passionate, depressing love. It sounds pretty British, you know? Like, it has the full, uh, the full spectrum there. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. Do you want to start, or do you want me to start? Um, I don't know. I mean, I kind of feel like... Even though mine's a downer, it's nice to end on a downer sometimes. <laughs> I think you're right. Okay, I'll, I'll start. I'll start. Um, okay, who are you talking about? Okay, so we haven't... I think something important to tell is that we haven't told each other oh, what yeah, the other person... Oh, yeah, we just person. said we were going to talk about romance, so find a story with romance. Yeah. That's pretty much what we said. Yeah, and it's been taking everything inside me not to tell you because I think I want 
you to like do it with me. Well, I'm gonna admit that I went onto our Google Drive to see if you had posted anything about what you were gonna talk <gasps> you about. Thief. But you didn't. I knew you were gonna do it, that's why I didn't. <laughs> I can't trust you. I can yeah, you definitely don't, don't sent trust me, me. <laughs> yours and it says like do not open Kate and I was all like, Okay, I won't do that. But I opened mine and I made it and I was all like, Leah will most certainly open this up and want to know what I'm doing. So I didn't. Yeah, that was smart. Good job. (laughs) For the future, I need to have, like, password locked. Yeah, probably. All right, all right. So um, this definitely, in the future, can be, like, an episode in its own, just because there's such an iconic classic. I just couldn't help myself. I had to start from my favorite love story in British history, and it's Victoria and Albert. I knew you were going to do that. You talk about them all of the time. I can't help it. Well, I mean... I'm going to say that that's one of my favorite museums in London. Oh, my gosh. So I feel like I approve. Isn't it just, like, even still romantic that after, like, the bombing of World War II that there's still just, like, pockets and holes in the side of it? Like, to me, that's just, like, a romance of the city. Like, we've been through so much. It's also on their museum museum yeah. named after it. Like, ugh. But they're just such a great couple. I mean, just because they're so real. And when I say real, like... She was crazy. I mean, who was it? George the Third? That was her grandfather. Yeah, he was crazy. crazy. <laughs> and like her parents, like her dad dies. Her mom is taking care of her with Conroy, John Conroy, and pretty much like rules over her life. You know, as a young adolescent, doesn't really have any control in what she's doing ever. And then she slowly becomes not slowly. All of a sudden. William dies. Yeah, William the fourth. I don't know. We probably Guys, need to have like a timeline put up. We're gonna make <laughs> a calendar and of important dates, but more importantly, I think we need a British like family tree because oh, if all of this history we is do wrong, need a family tree. You're gonna have to email us all of our corrections. We need like a fact checker. Fact checker. We'll get on that for episode cup. Too. But we're on the first but one. But probably not really. But so probably don't not really. It. You yeah. be our fact checkers. <laughs> yeah, if you guys don't like the history, it's not our fault. Yeah. You're listening to this podcast. Email us at londonfogpodcast at gmail.com if we make a mistake. Right there, right there. <laughs> Shameless plug. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, Victoria, she's just a character in her own. I mean, she kept her adolescence for so long because, I mean, that's all she ever knew. She never, like, really went out into the world because her mom had such a control over her. So by the time that she becomes queen, she's only 17. I would love to be a 17-year-old queen. Right? <laughs> well, I think you guys are relatively kind of the same size. We should look that up. Oh, her, man. like, height and size. She's so small and dainty, the dark hair. I am dainty. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so freaking dainty um but i think that she for so long was just under control of somebody else that by the time she meets albert she's like fixed on him she definitely sees that he's an awesome guy so how how did they meet i don't know this they met through her uncle leopold Mm. so it's always the uncle's note (laughs) uncle's hook you up um so leopold is king of belgium by this point and she is 17 just got on the throne you know uh and they meet in may of 1836 Mm -hmm. and he invited uh albert and ernest ernest is actually the older brother and there's kind of some contrary or contradictory things that I was finding online that everybody was trying to almost like set her up with Ernest because he was the older brother it kind of makes sense you know but I also found other people that was like "Mm, Ernest wasn't really a part of anything it's really just Albert but take it what you will um she meets Albert thinks he's a really cool guy I mean I have the how we know so much about their relationship and why I think it's just so amazing is uh she was so dedicated and he was as well to writing in a journal oh that's cute right so freaking cute i just googled pictures and uh albert is significantly more attractive than ernest oh yeah like yeah good anybody was like trying to get ernest in there i understand good job victoria uh, (laughs) she's all like no thanks like 
he looks like a troll. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he was from Coburg, Germany. No offense, anybody that's from there. Uh, uh, maybe we should stop talking about it. <laughs> period. Yeah, next next segment. Um, but so she meets him. She's like in rapture. There's so many journal entries. And I'm definitely gonna read. This is a letter that she wrote to her uncle, and who she always said that was like he was the best, kind of like the father she never had. Um, to thank him, and quote for the prospect of great happiness. You have contributed to give me... I feel like I should be reading this in a British accent, but I will spare people. Yeah. Don't don't do that. Practice it some more. You can do it on cup five. (laughs) Be waiting, people. It's coming. Anyway, she says, For the great great happiness you have contributed to give me in the person of dear Albert, he possesses every quality that could be desired to render me perfectly happy. He is so sensible, so kind, and so good, and so amiable, too. He has, besides the most pleasing and delightful exterior and appearance you can possibly see. Um, probably because he was being compared yeah. to Ernest the like, troll. Uh... <laughs> Leopold, uncle, unk, hey, um, thanks for the hookup. You can take the ugly one. <laughs> Take him back. Oh, poor Ernest. Poor Ernest. I wonder, I don't, well, not really. Don't care what happened to Ernest. I'm sure he met a lovely woman and they had 12 kids. Right? They beat out Victoria and Albert on children numbers. Yeah. Didn't they have like nine? Yeah, they had nine. Nine kids in over 18 years. So they meet, like I said, it's 1836. spacing out she did. Yeah, I guess (laughs) so. Like every two years. Every two years and they're a kiddo. Mm -hmm. But we'll get into that. She actually like hated being pregnant. Yeah. I know. I mean, I don't know. I've never been I pregnant, learned but. about Victoria two things. I was all like, she's kind of immature. Like, I felt even, like, her poetic sense at 17 describing Albert. I was all like, this is a girl that's read Twilight once too many. And she's all like, he is my glittery vampire. You know, like, something like she's yeah, picking a team. but if you're, like... You're trans- gonna be fix. queen. How many men are you even really meeting? Of course you're gonna. She be hasn't obsessed. met anybody, so like yeah. she meets like the hot dude once, and she's all like, "I'm I mean, ready. I'm not calling him hot. <laughs> I was just comparing him to Ernest. Like, I have seen pictures, and I think of their wedding, and I have to be honest, it looks like a 1970s porn stash that's kind of on Albert. I mean, that was the look. It was the style, she's but right into it. <laughs> And, like, it's cold in England. He just needs to keep his upper lip warm for right? kissing. <laughs> I don't know. I just haven't really been turned on by a, by a mustache since, I think, like, Tom Selleck or something. Even then. <laughs> Wait, why were you turned on by that? You were, like, eight. <laughs> Come on. Okay, okay. Wait. We then? got off track. Okay, so they back meet. to Victoria. They're in love. They're both 17. She's oh, only a couple. Not even older? No, she, oh. she's actually a couple months older. Mm. Um, so they meet, and then for the next four years, Albert writes her practically every day, every week. Like they have so many letters. She definitely likes him and is totally interested. But she's also seventeen, and she's never been free really to do anything. And she just became queen. That I don't know. Major like girl power in a way I felt like she was all like I don't need to get married right now now there's a thousand other stories about like how her first prime minister was like Lord Melbourne I feel like people were telling her not to I think everybody based on her letter she was probably like oh right by this point (laughs) I think everybody was saying like get married oh you know and she was all like I just got free you know like it took my uncle to die and me to become queen to finally call my own shots and make friends you know let alone was she making friends probably Uh, probably not i mean it's like yeah political i mean sad for her but eh. yeah (laughs) that comes when you have the crown um so they meet four years of letters go between them and then he comes back out to visit um in october of third of 1839 Mm mm-hmm and pretty much, and like, go Albert, he was all like, yo, I'm going to put this in layman's terms, today's terms. He's all like, yo, this has been going on for way too long. I like you, but 
am I going to keep writing letters to somebody that's never going to reciprocate? When can I become Prince Consort? Right. <laughs> I am ready for some power. Which he would have zero power. Yeah, I was going to say, that doesn't really give me power. But, you just get to stand and look pretty. Right. Oh, poor um, Prince Philip. Okay, anyway. <laughs> Hashtag, we'll get there. Um, so, Albert definitely needs to know that he's not being like jerked around. Victoria is kind of ready. It's been four years and she's all like, I have to get married. I like him a lot. He's hot. Plus, she's probably like a 21-year-old virgin. So yeah. she's like, let's get some. She's ready. <laughs> I mean, who who isn't ready? Um, <laughs> Albert and Victoria, then uh, he she ends up proposing to him. She has to as the queen, but also... Dare I say, I think it's kind of a, a little moment of, like, romance for them. He's put in, I would say, 90% of the effort. And she's just been kind of, oh, this is nice. She'll write him back. And definitely there were very deep, passionate words of dearest and angel and things interchanged. But, Ew. Yeah, no, <laughs> Love language. Um, but ends up that she proposes to him. On October 15th of 1939, uh, just after five days after he arrives there, she invited him with the purpose of proposing Mm -hmm. to him, which is pretty cool. They were married then on February 10th of 1840. Uh, I think they're both 21 at this point. Or maybe Albert isn't 21 just yet. Mm -hmm. 20 maybe. But let's just call them both 21. It's pretty young. Yeah. Young marriage. And they got married. Life was a bliss. She says, once again, I just can't help but, like, read some of their ooey-gooeyness because it's disgusting. But, back to the wedding. <clears throat> the only thing that I know about their wedding yes, is that me she is the reason we all wear white dresses today. Really? Yes. I didn't know that. People used to wear get, like, a new dress and... Um, like, that was a thing. Like, you would get a new dress to wear to your wedding. But she picked a fi- a white dress, which was... I can't remember. It was, it was like, kind of unusual. I don't remember why that would have been unusual. But yeah. she picked a white dress. And then that, like, set off a trend of people wearing white dresses. Because also back then, it's, like, if you were, like, a young virgin, you would wear, like, lighter colors. And so okay. I, think maybe, I think maybe people wore darker colors when they got married because it was, like, I'm becoming a woman. But oh. she stayed with white. And now we all wear white dresses because of Victoria. So we also get the tradition of a guy getting down on one knee, putting a rock on his lady from Albert. Because he loved Victoria so freaking much that instead of just waiting to put like a wedding band on her, he actually gave her a ring as like part of their time between when they got engaged which was about like five months before they got married, he gave her a ring so that she could wear it. So everyone would know. Not that anyone's going to be like hitting on the queen, but... Well, you never know. (laughs) Maybe, like, I'm sure there's other guys that probably in between this time, I would totally be that dude that would be like, they are not married yet. I can freaking be a king. Well, well, Prince consort. Prince consort. That is a lame, lame (laughs) position. (laughs) Hey, don't say that while Philip's still alive. (laughs) Sorry, Philip. Speaking of Philip, I saw a picture of him. Oh, he's definitely going to die soon, right? I know. He He looks bad. I mean, the wedding, uh, let's just pause here for a second with Megan and and Harry. Harry. Sorry, I was about to say Henry. I was like, that is so wrong. That's his name, actually, is Henry. He just goes by Harry. So you're right. <laughs> Winning. Um, I'm pretty sure he looked like, like death's door at the wedding. Oh my gosh, I know. His well, eyes they, so like, in. thought he might not be able to go. Oh. Okay, off topic. Yeah. Prince consorts. <laughs> we'll talk about their positions of, of prince consorts. No power <laughs> later. later. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I gave her a ring. To just be like, I love you. And so really between, I guess, you just told me about how now we have white dresses and engagement rings. They pretty much made weddings what they are now. I mean, Kleinfield and magazines like The Knot are now making buku bucks yeah, off because of. of Victoria and Albert. They so did it. what? What's that company? Tiffany. Tiffany. Tiffany and their diamonds. Right? <laughs> Those sons of bitches. No. <laughs> 
Okay, so they just had a really beautiful romance. Uh, the day that she got engaged, she wrote her uncle. Wait, was this to her uncle or is this just something she wrote in her diary? Damn her and her many diary entries. <laughs> she says, I never, never spent such an evening. My dearest, dearest, dear Albert. <laughs> Oh my gosh. How old was she again? Like, she sounds like a 15-year-old. They get married. She's almost 21, I think. So. so basically a 15-year-old. <laughs> right. Mentality is a little low. <laughs> Less mature. Anyway, she's all like, his excessive love and affection gave me feelings of heavenly love and happiness. I never, I never could have hoped to have felt before. He clasped me in his arms and we kissed each other again and again. He's beauty because he didn't look like the troll Ernest. <laughs> his beauty, his beauty, his sweetness and gentleness, really. How can I ever be thankful enough to have such a husband? To be called by names of tenderness I have never yet heard used to me before was bliss yeah, beyond is. belief. Oh, this was the happiest day of my life. Oh, dear. I know. It's so gushy and disgusting, but I couldn't help myself. I was, like, really into it. I feel sad for her. I love how she's all like, oh, I had never, you know, heard what he said. What do you, I mean, he's not calling her like baby or anything. What's like, he calling her? What do you think was Albert's first pet name for Victoria? Um, what is, Vicky. No, I just, <laughs> oh, Vicky. <laughs> Vicky. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think that would be great. Um, so, Yes. So apparently he freaking loved her a lot. They got engaged. And pretty much like we had just explained, he, I mean, he gives up everything to become Prince Consort, which is nothing. It's nothing. I mean, I feel like I need to do a smidge of research. There has to be a little bit of something. No, there's that not. Prince Consort. No, there's not. Does? There's. I mean. Other than just, just be the image of the, the monarch. the image. Yeah. Like he just does what the queen tells him. He has no power. I mean, at this point. <laughs> The queen doesn't really have that much power. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So if the crown, like, you know, who also doesn't have power? The Prince of Wales. Okay. Yeah, that's like, true. I they're mean, just there to be there. If the crown, the Netflix original, has <laughs> taught us anything. Like the fact that the monarchy, yeah. like the royals don't really have any power. They're just an image of the monarchy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they have a little bit. A little bit. But. But only the queen or only yeah. the king, like nobody else. Like prince consort, that title only exists because it was like, well, if you're a prince, you're at the same level as like your sons, you know? Yeah. So it's like, right. it's like it's literally a made up title to make you feel better because you're not the king. <laughs> we have to make you feel better because, sorry, Albert, you gave up everything because he was already a prince in Coburg. He probably could have married within their institution and maybe have been like, a part of their government, a part of their kind of parliament yeah. or something. But if you're prince consort and your wife's the queen, you don't you, get to do anything. Yeah, you don't get to have any sort of thing with, like, judicial or government use, so yeah. what a bummer. I mean, you have influence <laughs> over your spouse, probably, so... Yeah, I mean, and like, that was a big part. I mean, they started a different kind of ruling, I feel like, Victorian Albert, because... I feel like I read somewhere, I did a lot of readings, but I feel like she put a desk, another desk for him in her like office chamber, whatever, um, where they would work together. Mind you, they had nine kids in 18 years. So maybe he was doing a lot of work. She needed some freaking help because (laughs) I mean, she's pregnant practically every two years. And so they kind of just, like, I feel like they kind of ran the country together. I mean, like you said, the queen doesn't have tons of power. Yeah. But I feel like she really included him in as much as possible. That's my two cents. Yeah, I mean, it still sucks to be the consort, and it's like, yeah, you can be included as much as possible, but it's just if she feels like including you. Right, and I feel like... I feel like Victoria, she loved him. I mean, to say, I never, never, never <laughs> had such a happiness in my life that I feel yeah. like she was, like, all up in it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think she was kind of pissy at first about it. 
who she finally gets like her freedom to be ruling a country, be away from her parents. You know, she has a purpose. And then within a very short amount of time, she gets married. And then within two months, two months, <laughs> she's pregnant. And all of a sudden she sees like Albert kind of taking over some of her work. You know, I would be pissed. I'd be like, what the what the hell? I'm not just here to be in the baby factory for this country, you know? But I mean, but basically. But basically. When you have that many kids. <laughs> yeah. Nine. Nine. My vagina hurts thinking about it. Oh. Uterus? Also. Uterus. Maybe <laughs> should I cut out vagina half our podcast? I don't think so. <laughs> People should know what they're getting into. <laughs> um, so yeah. Two months being pregnant they continue through life they share a lot of things albert creates the great exhibition uh which just was a lot of innovators and people coming from different countries they just had i don't know this ability to bring people together just because i think that they were a couple that really relied one on one on another they were popular they were very popular uh they both wanted to make the other happy and they also drove the other person nuts I think that's the definition of a real romance. I mean, sometimes, like I said, things aren't, it's not all buttercream and roses. Like, there's going to be hard times and good times. She was definitely, she hated being pregnant. Hated it. Well, she should have looked into some forms of birth control. They did exist back then. (laughs) Keep it in your pants. Um, Yeah, no joke. Uh, Because... Number one, she thought it was disgusting to, like, nurse children. Mm. She thought everything about having a kid was gross. Well, I agree. people didn't nurse their own kids anyway, so... Right? I think, I like I said, I did a lot like, of reading, and I think there was part of it where she was nursing some. Like, I don't know. I just feel like Too normal people reading. didn't nurse their own kids, so why would the queen... Why would the queen nurse them? Uh, so they were definitely really serious about each other, and they definitely had an excellent relationship. And it goes along wonderfully. And then Albert dies at 42. He contracts a fever. Mm-hmm. And she's left alone to reign, but also just without her sweetheart for 40 years. I mean, isn't that like a biblical time? I feel like yeah. we're supposed to be gaining something from this. She wears black for the rest of her life. Thank heavens it's a slimming color. Because <laughs> it's a long time to be in black. And she gains a lot of weight while he's not so. <laughs> well, also, I mean, at 40, the body starts to slow down, right? Especially after that many kids. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we can definitely revisit some more because I feel like there's just so much that Victoria and Albert kind of accomplish. But that is my romance. I love them. They do have a good romance. They're pretty amazing. Well,. <laughs> I don't know. I'm too cynical. I'm just like, of course they wrote about how much they loved each other. They were freaking 17. How are their 60s going to (laughs) be? That's when things get tough. (laughs) I mean, I guess the young love, it's a real thing. Because they never reached that that point. I mean, they've got nine kids, so that's like a major focus. Plus ruling a country, so they never had that like empty nester thing of like... (laughs) He was nine just dead. kids are gone and Which the country most, is ruling itself no, I think kidding. most women would be like alright we had our time together that's good I'm yeah, gonna go and learn how to play I've, polo wait wait so when, what happened when was the last time she got pregnant and like had a kid between then and when he died oh. or was it like thank god he's gone right <laughs> no just kidding she probably not that but like probably you know? not but I mean there had to be probably a certain level of like thank heavens no more children I mean, they were pretty... Beatrice was their last kid, and he died in 1861. You're totally right. Applause for Queen Victoria. You go, girl. Okay, I want to hear your romance, because the only thing I know is that it is depressive. It is pretty sad. Okay, so this is what (laughs) happened. So I was like, oh, I'm going to, like, you know, just Google... British love stories or whatever. So I I did that. And then there was like a link about Charles Dickens. I was like, oh, what is more like British than Charles Dickens? Nothing. Nothing is more British than Charles Dickens. I can already see why this is going to get depressive. Oh, yeah. So (laughs) then like all of the, so then all of the like love stories that I was seeing about him are like 
him and Ellen Turnin, which was an affair that he had. And so then I was, like, reading about it, and I was like, well, I don't want to talk about, like, this trashy man and his affairs. So I'm going to talk about his original love, Catherine, Catherine Dickens, well, Catherine Hogarth originally, and her love for him. Hogarth? Oh, I know, that's that's why she married him. Well, is Dickens better? I don't know. We're just used to hearing it now. So, yeah, because everything I was reading was making it sound like Catherine was this, like, horrible, frumpy wife, and so he had to leave her because she was so frumpy. And I was like, uh, or he was just a jerk that was having an affair. So let's talk about that. Yeah, let's talk about it. So, okay. Hashtag don't cheat. Yeah. Anybody thinking about cheating? Rethink it. Rethink it it right now. (laughs) We will hunt you down. If you need us to hunt down someone who cheated on you, email (laughs) email us (laughs) at... (laughs) London Fog Podcast at, at gmail. gmail.com. We'll call them out. Um, <laughs> especially if they're British. Right. We will send some very badly impersonated, I don't know, accents of our disappointments. Okay. So, so Catherine is actually Scottish. She was born in Scotland in 1815. And in 1824, when she's like 9 or 10, her family moved to England. So her dad was a journalist, and he um, ended up writing for the Morning Chronicle, where Dickens like got his start as a journalist. Okay. So in um, 1835, Charles Dickens is having his 24th birthday party, uh, and so she's 20, and he invites everyone from his work to come, and so she comes with her father, and... She wrote to her, so they, like, met then, and then they started, like, seeing each other, and she wrote to yeah. her cousin, and she was, and she wrote, Mr. Dickens improves greatly upon acquaintance. Oh. Um, so he improved a lot, because they met in February, and they got married in April. Oh, damn. So, it's pretty fast. Pretty yeah. fast. Ooh. Um, so, part of the reason Quick. that Charles, like, fell in love with Catherine so fast is because he had, like, a horrible childhood. He was, like super impoverished and like his family like was gonna get dragged into debtor's prison or whatever meanwhile Catherine comes from like a comfortably happy middle class family in Scotland and like rolling green yeah and he just has like this picture perfect idea in his head that he just wants like a stable family and a perfect mother and like an ideal woman and Catherine was like this ideal woman trophy wife yeah and I mean she was hot I looked up some pictures and was like yeah, she could have done better. Anyway, um, so they get a home in Bloomsbury, and they, you know, they just enjoy their life. So in 15 years, she has 10 pregnancies and two miscarriages, which oh, is like... Gosh. What is it with the Victorian era and everybody's all like... They just don't know anything, because you know what, back then, only the French really had condoms. All right. And like... Nobody we'll else. talk about that yeah. later because I'm curious now. Yeah. Oh no, I can I can give you a lot of history about that. Perfect. But, um, <laughs> so you know, so but the thing is, so he like married her because like she was his social superior and his financial superior and like just superior in every way, any way. But like within yeah. the first like five years of their marriage, he suddenly becomes super famous. Like his journalist stuff t- takes off. Like his books are being read by Queen Victoria. Huh? Huh? Same time. Hey, how do guys, we do that? <laughs> And so, and, like, people are starting to listen to him. Like, things that he's writing in the paper are, like, changing how the country is thinking. And so, he gets a little full of himself. So, but, like, he, I don't know. So, like, he pretty much starts ignoring Catherine. But she's actually, like, super interesting because she, like, travels with him. She's a really good actress. He's a good actor. Like, they travel and, like, put on plays in America and stuff. Like, he wasn't just at home writing all the time. Like, they were doing stuff. Um... And couples so, who travel together yeah. stay together. Wait. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. People just, like, ignored her pretty much. So, like, she um, she also wrote a book. It was a cookbook. She was a fabulous cook. Um, uh, and it, Julia and Child. I know, right? She was, like, the beginning. She was a great cook. It, her book was, like, published numerous times. And I think there was, like, okay. stuff about, like, how to care for a household or whatever. Because, you know, she's a perfect trophy wife. So, Martha of course, she's good Stewart. at that. Um <laughs> But then there were all these rumors that 
secretly it had been Charles writing the book and publishing under her name, which makes zero. So first of all, but why would he do that? Because he's already like kind of egotistical. Yeah, wouldn't he just be like, people will buy my book? Yeah, I'm Charles Dickens. Then this is the time period when like women are using fake men's name to get things published. So, like, right. why would he fakely publish something under a woman's under, name? Yeah, good point. So, like, I don't believe that. So, this is all Bull part crap. of, like, the secret thing that people have started bashing her and making her into this frumpy woman who's not smart, right? It's like, people started back then they were like, oh, oh she, she, she didn't really do it. it. It's him. Yeah. Yeah. So, she kind of had, like, a little bit of a nervous breakdown in 1851 because their daughter, who was eight months old, died. So she's already gone through so many pregnancies, and, like, and then her daughter died, so she had a little bit of a nervous breakdown. So that's, like, that's seven years before they separate. But in in that time, he starts, like, spreading rumors that she's an incompetent mother and an incompetent housekeeper, which I'm like, okay, you have ten freaking kids. Yeah, no joke. Who is a competent housekeeper? man in his right mind is like, I'm going to start the rumors. Like, why? Why? And he's blaming her that they have ten children because it's causing him financial difficulties. And it's like, keep keep it in in your pants. pants. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So, so in 1858, they separate. And it's like, so she has no idea it's coming. Basically, what he does oh. is he. So this is the this is the weird first uh, separation. Okay. He builds a wall in their bedroom, like that's that's how what? he lets her know he wants to separate. Uh, is he builds a wall so that their master bedroom is now two rooms? <laughs> and she's yeah. like, uh, "What the hell, dude?" Yeah, no so, joke. I'm just gonna literally like, build a wall here. It's not a metaphorical wall. Yeah. It's a literal wall. Yeah. So I'm not sure exactly how long they live like that, but they're they're but they're like. They're living in the same home with their kids, but they're they're just in, like, the, the walled room for a while. I don't imagine that this place is, like, huge either, so it's, like, now walking into no, an exceptionally small... No, I've been to that house. Small... It's a museum now, and it is not that big. <laughs> and here is the yeah, walled room. It's, it's a sad... It's sad. So, so, yeah. So then, like, there starts to be rumors because, like, her... So her sister has moved in with them to help with the kids, and that's, like, pretty common back then. If you have, like, a single sister that she would move in and help you guys until she gets married or whatever. <laughs> and there's all these rumors that he's having an affair with her sister or whatever, which he's not, but, okay. like... But I think... sister be dead no, no, no. to me. I think that the... That, like... The reason that there's those rumors is because, like, people kind of know that he's having an affair. You know, but they don't know, like, who. who? And so it's who like, the oh, other it must woman be is? this person. Okay. So what happens is Ellen, the person he's having an affair with, he buys a bracelet for her, but it's accidentally delivered to his house and okay. her house. So with, like a card or something. Yeah, you okay. know, it's kind of like that sad thing from Love Actually, oh, where yeah. like Catherine finds the bracelet yeah, and yeah, is yeah. like, "What the hell? I thought we were just sleeping in a walled bedroom, and now it turns out we're starting with a wall that we were going to yeah. take it down, yeah, renovate." So, um, so yeah, so she's really upset. Um, so, but it's kind of weird. So one of Charles Dickens' friends like says something like. I don't know, to the public, their friend group or whatever. Because people are still thinking he's having an affair with his sister-in-law. Yes. And he's and he's the one who kind of lets it out that it's Ellen. Mm-hmm. So Charles Dickens, like, pretty much stops talking to him. Which is weird. Okay. So this is why I think this is weird. Is So he's, like, being super protective of this affair that he's having. Because at that time, have, like, having an affair with your sister-in-law... Like, your sister-in-law is considered your sister back then. Okay, yeah. So, like... Basically, people consider that incest at that time. Yeah. But he would rather have people think he was having incest than, like, know about this oh, girl, Ellen. Charles, how yeah. you stooped so He's low. so weird. So, anyway, but after that thing when she, like, knows that he's having an affair, actually, yeah. and they're not just, like, separately yeah. living, um, Catherine moves out. Okay. Um, okay. I mean, sucks, but kind of, once again, go girl. You can't live with that. Yeah. You know? So, the only kid who goes with her is their oldest son. Charles Dickens Jr. moves with his mother. Okay. Um, Junior goes. I'm not sure how old he is at this time. Probably, I mean, he's probably, like, almost an adult. But all the other kids stay with Charles, which I think is weird. But maybe back Nine then... Nine other kids stay with him? They yeah. Ten, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but... Um, this is the weird thing. She's all thing. like, okay, you can't keep so, it in your pants? Yeah. Stick it to you. Take care of but nine her kids. her sister stays there. Oh, my gosh. I really want to take like care of the sister. kids. So, like, I don't know. So, on the one hand, I'm like, is she... 
because I feel like back then it was maybe kind of a thing. Like, because now I feel like when people get divorced, there's more like it could go with the mom or the dad, depending, whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, I feel like back then it was like more patriarchal. So maybe it's like if you leave, since the other kids aren't adults yet, they have to stay with the dad, maybe. Yeah. Like, she can't take them. So maybe her sister was just like helping her out by staying there with the kids. Like, being like, I'll, I'll watch your kids for you. I yeah. Don't know. I don't know. Weird. Yeah. It's weird to me. So. So he, like, it's really weird. So she never says anything bad about Charles Dickens. Like, she never complains about his treatment of her to anyone. And even some of his closest friends... To Catherine friend, or the sister? No, no, no Catherine. Catherine. Never complains okay. about, like, that he cheated, that he, like, did any of this. Wow. She just, like, moves out. And, like, even Charles Dickens' own good friends are like, why is she not complaining about this? You're being such a dick, you know? But, yeah. like... But she's just, like, very loyal, and she's like, okay, like, he doesn't want to be with me, like, you know... So, he, but he starts getting weird, and, like, after she moves out, he, like, he submits these really weird newspaper articles to deny the rumors, but, de- anyway, I'm just going to read it to you, because it sounds yeah. like he's insane. Okay, deny, okay, just tell me, deny what rumors? So, like, rumors that he's cheated in any way. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. So, he's... So, and he's, this is when he starts really, really trying to make Catherine sound bad. Like, it's like, everything is her fault. The only reason I ever leave her is for her. Because she's... Okay. Because she's, she's crazy. Crazy, yeah. Okay. So he goes, some domestic trouble of mine, of long standing, of a private nature, has recently been brought to an arrangement which involves no anger or ill will. It is amicably composed, and the details have now been forgotten by those concerned. Oi. By some means, arising out of wickedness or folly or inconceivable wild chance or out of all three, this trouble has been the occasion of misrepresentations. Mostly grossly false, most monstrous, and most cruel. I pause. I just feel like he's using all this fancy grammar and exquisite words just to be like, I am so smart that she has to be dumb yeah. and wrong. Like, it's so weird. Continue. I'm so like, Pretentious bastard. Um, I don't know. There, it's really long, but he says, I... I solemnly declare that all the rumored whispers at which I have glanced are abominably false, and whosoever repeats one of them after this denial will lie as willfully and foully as it is possible for any false witness to lie before heaven and earth. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Hell and damnation come upon you if you talk about my infidelity, which isn't happening, but it is. But if you talk about it, you're damned. <laughs> yeah. So he sends this statement to all these newspapers, including, and a lot of them reprinted it, but um, his newspaper that he writes for refused to print it because they're because they're like a humorous paper. Yeah. Like, well, you know? also and maybe they, like they're friends. They've had to have bumped into yeah, each other. Sure maybe at some point they're her. all like, "Catherine's not crazy," you know? Yeah. So he has like a falling out with his newspaper publishers because they refused to print his insane statement. Um, but like he keeps he keeps going. Like he submits more statements. So, like, to America. Like, that's the thing. Like, because he's popular, like, in America. He's popular in the UK. People in the UK aren't publishing his weird statement as much as he hopes. So he starts, he sends a statement to the New York Tribune. Um, And it says that, like, I will, so this is, like, where he's making it sound like his wife has just given up on their kids and, like, left them to her sister. He says, I will merely remark of my wife that some peculiarity of her character has thrown all the children on someone else. I do not know, I cannot by any stretch of fancy imagine what would have become of them but for this aunt. Um, It doesn't look good that she, it never looks good when the mom leaves the kids. Yeah. So I can kind of get it and it's kind of weird that the sister is there. I don't really still fully understand that but I do understand where you're all like she just had a breakdown, and she needs somebody I mean, to be taking care of them. She trusts her sister. Yeah, and I don't know if she necessarily, like, really, really left him. Like, or if maybe after he, like, he was like, the wall's not enough, I want you out. Because here's the thing, is he he did financially still pay for where she was living. Right. So, okay. like. I mean, they were young. They're in their 20s, you know, when they got married. And it yeah, was super yeah. short. Yeah. You said February to April or something? Yeah. Like, under three months. Yeah. So, I mean kind of rushed into it young love maybe it's not as flowery as albert and victoria's but that's because they were doing it for four years you know yeah but it was so the reason he was being so weird about like letting people know is because he was like desperate to not let people know that he was having an affair (sighs) um because according to him it's it said it was the the utmost importance to him that no one should know of this relationship because he didn't want to loosen the bond between him and his readers 
That's what um, I figured. It had to be unpopular yeah. at this time to be having an affair, yeah? I mean, it was unpopular to have a mistress. Well, and the thing is, he was so popular. And so, yeah. like, the, there's so there's this um, researcher, I, her name's Catherine Hughes, I don't know that much about her, but she said that um, basically at that time, if, like, people had known that he was having an affair, it would be like finding out that Father Christmas had been to a brothel. Like, that's how popular he was. <laughs> and he was kind of Father Christmas. Yeah. He wrote the Christmas Carol. Like, that was right. so popular, you know? No, it makes sense. Um, yeah, and so he basically, like, dedicates all his time now that they've separated... To, to hiding to, the secret. To no one knowing he's having this affair with Ellen. Like, okay. Ellen is much younger than him. This affair goes on until he dies. And, really? like, he starts rumors that Catherine was an alcoholic, which she was not. And like, oh. like, and like, that's the reason. And he burns all of his papers and documents and every letter he receives. Like, yeah. Just like, kind of creepy, like. It's just to basically like, because he knows that he's like a popular figure and people are gonna like look and he doesn't, like he doesn't know like what of his letters might oh. reveal anything. So he just like burns everything. That's because of, that's he, creepy, that's yeah, weird. Like he wants like no facts. No evidence. Yes. Yeah, Ugh. it's super, super weird. He's super crazy. And he, but, so he's like, so Catherine's left, he's having this affair, he's burning all his papers, or, saying horrible things about her, saying she's an alcoholic or whatever. She remains loyal to him for, like, even though they, they never correspond, or they very little correspond after they separate, mm-hmm. like, she remains loyal to him until she dies. She dies after him. Even so, even though even, even though, after he died, yeah, even after he dies, she never defends herself. She never says a word against him. No. She never writes anything against him. So on her deathbed, this is the end of the story, and this is really sad. But on her deathbed, oh. she has a collection of all the letters that he has ever written to her, which he yeah. doesn't have his letters anymore. He's burned yeah, them. Yeah, he's burned them all. And she tells her daughter Kate, huh? Here's hey, Kate. hey. She says. Give these to the British Museum that the world may know that Charles loved me once. <gasps> right before she dies. And then she dies. Got it. Isn't no. that the saddest story ever? She always loved him. Yeah. And she stayed loyal to him forever, even though he was an asshole. He was an asshole. No. But, like, the thing is, so I'm, like, reading these things, and there's, like, <sighs> people still are, like, so wrapped up in like Charles Dickens being this perfect man yeah. that like somebody published something in like the 1930s like way after he had died about like him having an affair and mm-hmm. like was shot down by everyone as being this like liar and like you know and like even now when people research there's a lot of people who are like on Charles's side and it's like why would anybody be on Charles's right. side like even if like even if some of it is like true maybe she did take to the bottle. I mean, who doesn't have their faults and follies at some point in their life, you know? But the fact that when it came to the very end of it, and through, like, it goes to show her character. Like, she never, like, pursued anybody else. Like, obviously, there was always that connection. Why? Why? Like, why did he feel, like, just because of his ego? Just because he was so popular? he just he got so popular it? that he just was, like... I mean, because that's the thing about Charles Dickens. He wasn't like a lot of these authors where it's like they get popular after they die. He was freaking popular his whole career. So, like, I think he was just so full of himself. Yeah. Because, like, back then, it's like the 1850s, 18, you know, like, who's popular? We don't have movie stars. It's Charles Dickens. Right. He's the popular guy. Yeah, there's no Adele. (laughs) Making another album that's going to, like, tear apart my heart and read my diary. Yeah, Victoria and Albert are, like, praising Charles. Right. Like, of course he thinks he's all that. Oh my gosh. That's like gutting. And now I want to go and see those letters that he loved me once. I know. Isn't that sad? That's so good. That right there, that... I'm glad we're ending on this note. Right, I know. It was sad, but I thought it was a good (laughs) note to end on. (laughs) They won't all end with like this, uh, this kind of ending, but maybe they should. (laughs) Yeah. In the future. I don't know. I'm, I'm fine ending on sad endings. Sad endings. <laughs> they just kind of end with a little, like, catch, a little hook in you, you know? Yeah. Like, Bring oh, you yeah. back. Oh, yeah. I thought this was going to be a happy ending. That's very British. I know. Have you noticed, like, British movies, 
like if they're independent films like the guy doesn't always get the girl they don't live happily ever after and then the movie ends and all of us americans are like what the hell like that can't be the end of the movie they have to end it you know up together but it's actually probably more realistic i know it's very sad so good so good well i think we need to make some shameless plugs Okay, yes, let's do that. Uh, so if you want to see pictures of how hot Albert is and how beautiful <laughs> Catherine is, uh, check out our Instagram. It's the London Fog Podcast. Uh, oh, one word. The London Fog Podcast. I love our name. I yeah. think it's pretty great. Number yeah. one, it has to do with our coffee shop, tea, tea shop addiction. Mm-hmm. Delicious teas and all of its yeah. varieties. I'm smelling some tea right now. Just pop open, mm. pop open the top. <laughs> um, you know, but I think that a fog really can describe anything. It's ambiguous. It's yes. mysterious. And we're talking about everything. And we're gonna just go through all it the all. Secrets hidden in the fog. <laughs> <laughs> really, because we cannot be held down to any one topic. Um, We also, obviously, have our email account. We would love to hear from you. Mm -hmm. London Fog Fog Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Tell us what we got wrong. (laughs) Exactly. We may not correct it on a future episode. We may not, but we (laughs) may come back and be just very grateful that you shared some more insight with us. That one is just London Fog Podcast at gmail.com. Yes. No, the. Anyway, and thanks then, for listening. Yeah, yeah. We're super Go excited about it. Go make yourself a cup of tea. Drink up. Make a London Fog. And do we have a Twitter yet? We do have a Twitter. It's Tell us about it, Leah. <laughs> at the London Fog Pod. There it is. I, I, don't, I don't know how to use Twitter, so we we'll not see what happens. We have not how to use Twitter yet, so, and I haven't even looked at it. So that's about, that's that. I'm mm-hmm. excited for where this journey will take us. Mm-hmm. Through history, through a culture that's like a brotherhood to us. Let's talk about Adele more. Let's get on to Adele. <laughs> All right. Cheers. Cheers.